nothing new under the sun. Nobody fucking with sun. I got a This is Fantasy Football with Gumbo. My name is Ja. Hey, you know it's Dugo over here. What's going on with your head tops over there, folks? We're here with another weekly insight into some of your favorite fantasy football players, so we hope you guys are ready to listen to another episode. Uh, this week, we're going to go ahead and round up the NFC South. Uh, we'll be talking about the Falcons, we'll be talking about the Panthers, and uh, we'll be finishing out with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this uh, this week. Bro, kind of a mid-division if you ask me, but I mean... Horrible. I mean, but hey, what were we saying all last year? On shitty teams, you're still going to have people who score points. You always got players. You always got players, guys. So you got to lock into this episode. Listen to some of these names. Once you get into the later rounds, you're going to be looking at these names. You're going to be like, wait, wasn't Dugo and Joss saying that these guys were going to be the wide receiver two on this team? The The purpose of this show is to bring you guys value. Yo, um, this is going to be a very value heavy pod i think I, I really do 100 and uh speaking of let's actually go ahead and get right into it let's talk about the let's atlanta falcons talk about value hell of value man they got a guy named kyle pitts there's another receiver out there who me and dugo have been kind of questionable about and you know drake london um and they added the new shiny toy into the offense and Bijan robinson so, so uh, let me just get this kicked off so i know a couple weeks ago I know a couple weeks ago we were talking about, uh, I believe it was the Saints or some shit. I don't know what we got on track with the Falcons about, but I remember saying that I wanted basically no stock in this team other than probably Mr. Bajan Robinson. But, I mean, like, and I still think, I, I feel like I still stand by most of that statement. I mean, do I really think that Drake London is going to, you know, like, what do you have his ADP available? I do. And uh, shout out to Sleeper. Uh, once again, these ADPs are being pulled from the Sleeper mock draft section. Uh, but right now, Drake London is going off the board in redraft leagues, or at least projected to uh, go off the board as wide receiver 23. Like, I don't know if I absolutely love that, if I'm going to be honest. Like, I feel like with all the research that I've done about this team, I believe that they're going to be probably the most run-heavy team out of anyone in the league. Mm -hmm. And so with that, like, I feel like you could probably value their wide receiver one probably closer to around, like, the 30 spot. And so I just feel like that fifth, sixth round might just be a little too much for me. And so, like, what I'm saying, like, when I don't want their stock is where they're getting ADP'd at. Like, I'm going to be honest with you right now, like, I would much rather have Darren Walder in like the seventh, eighth round than having to pick up Kyle Pitts in like the second or third. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, sure, there's a lot of potential there, but at the end of the year, like, trust me, guys, they're going to have just about the same numbers. If not, Waller might be even higher. And I'm just fucking, I, I, I would put money on that. Yeah, this offense is really interesting. Once again, being led by Arthur Smith, who is a very run-heavy coach. He was formerly a part of that Tennessee Titans offense that you know empowered Derrick Henry. Um, and and Johnu Smith, who is also now on the team, newest tight end backup to Mister Pitts on the Falcons. Yo, dog, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I honestly think that Johnu Smith might end the season with more touchdowns than than Kyle Pitts. I really do. Put it on the board. I really do, folks. Like, if you look at the last season that Johnny Smith had with the Titans in 2020, sure, COVID year, whatever, but the guy put up eight touchdowns receiving and one on the, uh, you know, one on the ground. Yep. Like, it's crazy, dude. Like, the guy was just efficient. He got you points when you needed it. 
I'm pretty sure he ended as, I think, a top 10 tight end that year. So it's just one of those things where I feel like, you know, end of the day, is he going to be really draftable for your team? Am I saying go out and get Johnny Smith? Not necessarily. All I'm saying that is when they get to like, you know, like those typical tight end work positions, you know, red zone, you know, trying to get into the middle of the field. Like, I wouldn't doubt if John U. Smith just vultures the hell out of it. I wouldn't doubt it at all. I think John U. Smith has some appeal in this offense because this is going to be a team that utilizes a couple of tight ends. You know, they're a smash mouth football team. Uh, so I could see John U. Smith playing on the other end of the line and maybe flanking out for a couple of touchdowns in the red zone, uh, catching a couple of, you know, uh, passes off of some, you know, block and releases. But, you know, John U. Smith and a couple of these other guys, in my opinion at least, have some value. And what I mean by that is that this is obviously a run-heavy team. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run it down your throat, smash mouth, all that good stuff. So if you're drafting a B. John Robinson, great value, right? Oh, absolutely. I This guy has all the opportunity, I feel like, to end as the RB1. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I mean, when you look at like all the interviews and stuff, when they're talking about this cat, he's going to be doing a lot more than just running the ball. He's going to be like Cordell Patterson 2.0 for 100%. that offense. 100%. So I feel like if you're looking at your first round pick, like if you're in the middle round or middle of that round and yep. he's still available somehow, bro, I'm snatching that guy up in a hurry. I don't give a fuck if Austin Eckler is right there. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't care. Like, I feel like in like this might just be a side thing. Maybe I should leave this for later. Mm-hmm. But like even like with all like the contract dispute stuff, like if like the higher paid like running backs start like, you know, like I don't know, like just falling out, just be like, Hey, like I don't wanna really play. Like they're saying like, Oh, like they might start like faking injuries or like withholding injuries and stuff like that. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But like I would rather have Bijan Robinson because he saw his shit to prove in the NFL. Yeah, he hasn't played it down yet. Yeah, like that's just without whatever. Like, I mean I I mean, there's some integrity stuff in there, and I don't think that these guys, especially people like Austin Eckler, are going to ruin their integrity by, you know, like saying that they have like muscle cramps when, you know, they're probably just chilling. Who knows, though? Speaking of Austin Eckler, uh, so as we know, he's going off the board as RB2 right now. Yeah. B. John Robinson is going off of the board as the RB3 right now in redraft leagues. He is the eighth player being taken in redraft leagues right now. In terms of running backs, he's only going behind Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. He has not played it down in the NFL, and they got this dude ranked as the RB3 this year. And you know what? It fucking might be possible, bro, on this bro, offense. Bro, he deserves the hype, especially, yes, for this offense, the way he's going to be utilized. The fact that they're pushing Cordell Patterson back out wide, and it's just going to basically be him and Tyler Algier. Oh, my God, dude. Tyler Algier. Don't get me started. He's going off the board as the 130th player in fantasy football teams. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? We're talking 14th round Tyler Algier. This is going to be a two running back system in which Tyler Algier might get some goal line touches to go ahead and keep Bijan Robinson fresh. Yo, honestly, that might be, uh, yeah, like if you're looking at one of the better valleys, that might be one of them. I mean, obviously, at some point he's going to have to come out. But end of the day, I mean, if you want to talk about someone who you can absolutely just handcuff, that would be one for me. He's going as like RB44 or RB45 right now. It's crazy. But I say all that to say, like, obviously, Bijan Robinson, even as the eighth player off the board, is a value. I think Tyler Algier going in the 14th round, potentially as a handcuff to Bijan or as someone who has some standalone value at the goal line, he has value. But Kyle Pitts, who we initially were talking about, um, the tight end who was drafted top 10 by the same regime, 
is someone who had a really bad year last year. He wasn't super impressive. And even when you dive deeper into his numbers, some of it is inspiring. And then some of it kind of leaves more to be um, speculated, to be speculated, to be gained, whatever you want to call it. So once again, shout out to Player Profiler. I'm going to go ahead and pull up some stats on Kyle Pitts and his performance last year to give you guys insight into where he might be able to improve. Uh, last year, he was 19th amongst tight ends in snap share, which is unacceptable. Uh, if you don't know, snap share is the percentage of total team offensive plays that the player was on the field. Someone like Kyle Pitts should be on the field more. I know he had some like slight uh, smaller injuries throughout the season and stuff like that, but that's almost inexcusable. Uh, in terms of target share for tight ends, he was second, and he was actually uh, number one in terms of targets per route run. So compared to other guys like a Kittle, like a Mark Andrews, like a Travis Kelsey, he got his targets. He just didn't do shit with them. Right. Well, I mean, so I was doing a little bit of research before this and everything, and so one of the things that if you read further into the stats, Johnny Smith, I feel like I think the stats said uh, this might have been for all wide receivers and tight ends that, uh, you know, that qualified for this stat. Okay. But I guess like he had literally the most amount of balls that were uh, misthrown. Like, I believe it was at like a 53% clip that were just misthrown balls. Like, so they registered as targets. Because it was kind of in his area, but like they were like three, four yards ahead of them. If it was like a deep ball, like Mariota just wasn't hitting his shots, and obviously Ritter, he wasn't hitting his either. Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is, yeah, like Johnny Smith coming in, that might hurt Kyle Pitts, but I feel like just them not having a great quarterback is going to hurt Kyle Pitts going forward even more. I feel like their best bet at quarterback, if the team is as it is right now, is Tyler Heineke. Or Taylor Heineke. You think Heineke's going to end up finishing the season as a starting quarterback over Desmond Ritter? Honestly, bro, I have a good feeling of that. I really do. I mean, they brought this guy in, and yeah, whatever. He's kind of a traveling, you know, backup at this point, spot starter. But if you look at what he has done, he's done a lot of really good stuff. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like, you know, if you want to talk about someone who kind of gives me a little bit of Brett Favre vibes, but, you know, obviously isn't Brett Favre. I mean, him going into Atlanta wearing that number four like Favre was drafted and worn. Oh. I mean, that's going to give me a little bit of Favre vibes, I'm just going to say. So, the second that he is the starter, which I feel like will happen once, you know, Desmond Ritter unfortunately meets his demise when it comes to that starting spot, Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's going to be one of those things where I feel like Taylor Heineke might just fucking light it up. So Desmond Ritter last year played in four games, and in those four games, he had about 700 passing yards, which equates to like maybe like 160 passing yards per game, something like that. What were Heineke's stats from last year, if you have them by chance? So Heineke uh, last season played in nine games, and he had 1,859 yards, uh, which basically breaks down to about 200 yards per game. Yeah. So you're talking about, you know... 30, 40 extra yards compared to, you know, how many games uh, or how many yards Desmond Ritter averaged per game. Uh, but all in all, Heineke had 12 touchdowns in his nine games compared to two touchdowns that uh, Desmond Ritter had in his four games played, which in layman's terms, Ritter don't really do shit in the passing offense. And even if he takes a jump, he was so I hate to say it, but he was so mediocre last year that even if he like doubled his numbers, it's still not anything like crazy impressive. Right. I mean, like, if you look at the difference between the the commander's weapons and the Falcons' weapons, like, it is kind of night and day. 
Like if you want to be like if you want to call a buck a buck. I mean, you have Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, mm-hmm. uh, Curtis Samuel. I mean, you can keep going as far as wide receivers. And then on the Falcons, you have Drake London, Mac Hollins, Cordell Patterson. Like it's not it's not a great group that they have, guys. It's not. So and- like even if Taylor Heineke were to be the QB one. Like, I don't know if it's going to be, like, amazing numbers. I just feel like it's going to be better than what Ritter would do out there if I'm going to call a spade a spade. Do you like Kyle Pitts going off the board as the tight end four? Going, no. Going after, uh, you know, Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, and Kittle? Actually, he's tight end five? No. Okay. And uh, Drake London, once again, I think we said it earlier, he's going off the board as wide receiver 23. Yeah, um, some, some noise like that. Don't love it. Don't love it. You don't want Drake London in the sixth round? <sighs> Seventh or eighth, seventh or eighth. I'm yeah. not. I'm not putting like. There's no way that I'm. He's gonna be like my wide receiver three on a team, bro. Like mm-hmm. if I'm drafting him, he's gonna be like my three. Yeah, like his target rate was amazing, second in the NFL amongst wide receivers. But once again, when you have such a high target rate and you just don't do anything with it, that's halfway concerning, bro. Because it's not like you're not getting the opportunity, right? He's just not extremely explosive. A lot of his routes that he runs in that offense are pretty short to intermediate routes he's not really stretching the field and now that the team has added a mac hollins well let me let, before you get into mac hollins let me yeah. ask you this so okay. yes he has one thing i hate about motherfuckers is like they always talk about like targets yeah what i want to care about is sure you have a lot of targets but what was his catch rate like how many catches did he la- have last year compared to his targets so drake london's true catch rate last year wasn't great he was 78th amongst qualifying receivers. He caught 77.4%, and that's a number that's essentially receptions divided by total catchable targets. So 77% of catchable targets uh, resulted in him being the 78th best receiver in that category. And that's kind of what I was talking about coming out of coming out of college with Drake London last year. Um, Didn't love it. Was I mean, yeah, he had size. He played in the Pac-12 on USC, target hog. But he wasn't overly explosive. I didn't think that, I don't know, he was all that impressive. His biggest highlight was contested catches. Um, But at the NFL level with better DBs, I mean. He hasn't proven to do anything with that. Which is exactly what we said last summer. So hopefully he can, hope you know, hopefully improve. But going into this year with Mac Hollins now there to stretch the field, knowing that, you know, Kyle Pitts actually also is uh, one of the best deep targets for tight ends. I don't see Drake London having too many like overly explosive plays. I think he's going to be utilized similar to how A.J. Brown was utilized back uh, when Arthur Smith was on the Titans. And the way they utilize A.J. Brown and the way I think they're going to utilize Drake London is they're going to go ahead and run the ball. They are going to go ahead and make defenses play the run. And then on a second or third down, they're going to have Drake London run five, seven yards behind uh, the linebackers using slants, using crossing routes to go ahead and, you know, take advantage of the linebackers who might, you know, flood the box and try to anticipate the run. Cheat up and everything, yeah. Basically. So I don't see Drake London being that guy who's going to go out there and stretch the field similar to how a Garrett Wilson or a Chris Olave might, uh, which is why Drake London at wide receiver 23. A little it's too a, rich for my blood. A little too rich. You're really depending on those targets turning into touchdowns. Last year, I think he only had four. Or even just catches. Just give me catches. Yeah. Like, how many, can you give me, like, the total amount of catches he had at the end of the day? Like, what was his catch number? Uh, he had 72 receptions on, 170, on 117 targets. 
so he averaged around 12 yards per reception. He had four reception touchdowns, and he averaged 10.5 fantasy points per game, which was 43rd amongst wide receivers. Appreciate all the information, Johaya. So, I mean, end of the day, you heard the numbers. I mean, the numbers don't lie. I mean, we'll see what happens this upcoming year with the hopefully stable quarterback, but I doubt that if I'm going to keep it a buck. And, I mean, that offensive line, I think it's going to be even more stable than it was last year because they drafted someone in the second round who's going to fill another guard spot. Mm -hmm. If you know anything about this Falcons offense, they play those gaps, and that's exactly what the guards are meant for. Mm -hmm. Those guards go up, and they get into those holes, and they block those linebackers so... You know, you have these special running backs with, you know, Brian or Bijan Robinson. Yeah, I mean, he's going to he's going to make his money within the first year, dude. I mean, it's going to be crazy. I'm so excited for this team as far as running the ball. Like I said before, they're probably going to end as the number one running team in the league just because that's what this team is going to have to do to move the ball. I feel like right now, actually, speaking of a couple of other guys in the Falcons, Cordero Patterson uh, is essentially going basically undrafted this year uh, in terms of ADP. He is the 203rd player being taken off the board. Uh, he's still listed as a running back for sleeper, even though the expectation is that he's going to line up out wide. So I think that'll be interesting if they keep his classification as a running back, but he ends up playing a lot of receiver snaps. Don't love it. I actually do like it because I think those receptions. Um, I mean, like it depends on like like his target share. It depends on his. In a PPR league, his receptions will help him out a lot. If you can list right. him. You're not wrong. List, yeah. him as a, list him as a running back. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's a couple, like, if you play in some leagues, like, there are some slots where you can place, like, a wide receiver or tight end and not a running back. Yep. So, I mean, like, it, it can hurt you in some ways like that. I 100%. mean, if you're just, if you're trying to just fill out a roster, that's all I'm saying. 100%. Um, and actually, speaking of, we spent the last 18 minutes on the Falcons. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and move on to your North Carolina Panthers. Yes, sir. Starting off with the Panthers, we got someone that a guy named Yosh in our fantasy league loves. What? We got Yosh? running back Miles Sanders. Uh, Miles Sanders currently is the starting running back for the Carolina Panthers offense. He is being drafted as the 50th player in fantasy football. So you're getting this guy in like the sixth round. And Miles Sanders actually is coming off of a pretty good season in which he ended last year as RB15. So looking at it this year, he's stepping into a new offense. He just got a new contract. He's going to be helping out a young rookie quarterback and Bryce Young. Uh, Dugo, when it comes to Miles Sanders and his current ADP. I love it. You like Miles Sanders in the sixth round? Love it. Okay, tell me why. So when you look at just like the whole situation that's going on with that team, Frank Reich's coming in. Obviously, this guy used to be a quarterback, but the guy understands the emphasis of a good run game. Yes. You also have motherfuckers like Deuce Staley there. Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown, also former running backs. You come in, you bring this guy in, you pay him $7.2 million, and you have basically no other running backs other than Chuba Hubbard. Like, dog, like, I'm sorry, but this guy is going to be the workhorse. The one thing that I am a little afraid of, if I'm going to call a spade a spade, sorry mm-hmm. for saying a lot, folks, but... This guy does get injured a relatively decent amount. Last year, not so much because they had kind of game old Boston Scott in the, you know, also in that for the Eagles. Mm -hmm. But if you look at previous years before then, he was injured a decent amount. Am I wrong? Yeah, in 2021, he played in 12 of, was 2021 the first 17 game season? 
Or was it 2020? Was it last year? It might have been 21. He played Who 12 knows? games. Even if it's 16 games, he missed about a month's worth of playing time. Right. And in 2020, he also played in 12 games. So, with that, folks, what I'm saying is you got someone who has an injury issue when they are the dominant workhorse. If he's healthy, and, you know, I'm hoping my – and I'm, you know, praying to my lucky stars and stripes that he is, I, I, I feel like that ADP is terrific. I mean, if you're getting this guy who – Last year was the RB15, and you're able to get this guy in the sixth round, fifth round. Yeah, sign me up. I mean, I feel like that's just great because I feel like he's going to get even more work this year. He is playing in a gap scheme, I believe, as well. So it's going to be one of those things where, hey, like, you got motherfuckers who are going to be, or actually, I think he might be off tackle. I think that's right scheme. I believe Reich is a little bit more off tackle. I'm not as familiar with Frank Reich's, but Frank nonetheless, Reich's but nonetheless, yeah. Like I feel like they have a relatively decent line there. They just uh, drafted a left tackle in the first round, I believe, last year. So they have put some decent capital into that line. I'm just hoping that Miles Sanders stays healthy. That's just my biggest thing. But I do like that ADP. I think the name of the game with Miles Sanders is opportunity. And the reason I say that is because last year he played on one of the, you know, best running teams in the NFL in the Philadelphia Eagles, which also had one of the best offensive lines. You have Jalen Hurts who can obviously option out and go run the ball and, you know, take uh, take pressure off you. And so looking at his uh, advanced stats and metrics last year, once again for Miles Sanders, uh, he was number eight in the NFL in terms of carries. He was fourth in terms of red zone touches. He ended up becoming ninth amongst running backs in total touchdowns, and he was fifth amongst touch or amongst running backs in rushing yards. Yeah. So he got a ton of opportunity, and he ended last year with over twelve hundred rushing yards. Right. So I mean, at this point, you know, if he comes in this season and if he's able to stay healthy, like I keep saying, I think he's a diamond in the rough there at the five and sixth or fifth or sixth round. Yeah. Now. I think this is going to be kind of a smash-mouth football team, especially with the young quarterback, and they don't have as many receiving options. The reason we mentioned Thomas Brown and Deuce Daly earlier um, in our conversation is because Thomas Brown is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Panthers, and Deuce Daly is coming in from Detroit, and he is now the assistant head coach to Frank Wright. And those two guys are going to play a dynamic role in orchestrating what this offense is to become. Both of those guys, fun fact, are former running backs. And both of those guys have come out and said they want to play some physical football. So I think this is going to be a team that relies on the run. They're going to rely on the play action. They're going to keep their quarterback safe, protect it, and allow him to break down the defense as it becomes available. And I think that Miles Sanders is somebody who could see a decent amount of touches. I don't think he's going to get 11 touchdowns like he did last year. But I do think that he can maybe hit 900 to about 1,000 yards, get a couple receptions depending on how often Bryce Young chucks it you know wait um, those are your projected numbers for miles sanders yes they are no way anywhere between 900 to a thousand yards i'm looking at like 13 and probably 11 tutties i don't like we're not he's gonna be the workhorse bro he's gonna be the workhorse for that team i feel like he's gonna have a lot more production than what you think like i said like that's depending on his health but i feel like that offensive line is relatively good if you look at what they did last year with the running backs that they had with Dante foreman Dog, like, that is not a great core, and they did it so well. If you bring someone in like Miles Sanders who actually is, 
you know, like a top 15 running back. Like I said, skill level, I think he's there. What do you think could hinder him from getting to like a top, another top 20, top 15 season? Well, I think Deuce Daly came out and said that he wants to use multiple backs. Um, one, in an effort to keep guys healthy, uh, but two, because they do plan on running the ball a lot. Now, they have a couple like guys who don't have as big of names. Like they have a Raheem Blackshear. Uh, in the in the backfield, he kind of went off a little bit last year. He was cool, you know, a couple couple key spots. He was cool, and like Frank Wright came out and said that he's probably going to see more touches. He said that he was someone that impressed him in camp. I don't necessarily know if that hurts him though, because I, I mean, I don't think it hurts him. If you look at like what we I, said last, I, like this last year at the Eagles, when he did get spelled by Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, you know, consistently. He ended up going still top fifteen, even if they take what like if they give Miles Sanders. 5% more carries, maybe 10% yeah. more carries than last year. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's going to have even more production. I don't know, man. I feel I think, like I think I, the he's biggest right there. I think the biggest difference is the fact that the Eagles were just so great last year. They were. Their offensive line is crazy as well. Best O-line in football. One of the best teams in football. They ended up in the Super Bowl for a reason. They were just beating a lot of teams, and they just had the opportunity to just feed Miles Sanders extra carries, extra touches. Right, and I mean, like, just their scheme with those wide receivers as well. Yeah, it's a different team, obviously. I got to see how good this Panthers team is, but I like Miles Sanders around where I'm getting them. If I can get Sanders in, like, the sixth round in, like, a 10-team league, I like him as maybe, like, my RB3. Yeah, I mean, like, I was thinking, like, if I'm at, like, the back end of, like, the fifth, Yeah. you know, like, if I'm waiting for, like, my wraparound, I'm probably going to take Miles Sanders in the fifth rather than hoping to get him in the sixth. Exactly. Like, if I can grab a couple nice wide receivers, a couple nice running backs, maybe grab my quarterback or my tight end. Right. But, I mean, I can definitely see, like, if you're, like, middle fifth round and you don't take him, but you just so happen to get him in the sixth, Mm -hmm. that's awesome value in my opinion. Yep. That's great value. I feel like this guy is going to be the one on that team 100%, no doubt. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just all going to lead up to, you know, what exactly did they mean by, like, a three-headed running back scheme? And at the end of the day, you know, is he going to be healthy? That's that. Like I said, that's been my biggest uh, headache to get over. I got a, sur- a surprise name for you. What's going on, bro? Uh, DJ Chark. DJ Chark? DJ dude? Chark is a receiver on the Carolina Panthers this year playing opposite of Adam Thielen. What are your expectations for DJ Chark coming into his first year in North Carolina? Well, first of all, I'll just say something about DJ Chark that not a lot of people are talking about consistently. But this guy has played for all teams that have cats involved. Mm-hmm. He went from the Jaguars, yep. the Lions, yep. and now the Carolina Panthers. Yep. Good for you, guy. Way to keep it consistent. Yeah, I think that this guy has an opportunity to come out here and do some special things, kind of like what he was able to do on the Lions last year. Do you have his uh, stats from the Lions? Uh, Yeah, he played in 11 games last season. He caught 30 of 52 targets. He had about 500 yards and three touchdowns. Like, I think he has all the possibility in the world. I think that he is one of the most underrated guys in the NFL just because of how athletic he is. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just like like weird guy who's just extremely athletic. Like, he's that weird guy from high school that you're friends with somehow made it. Mm-hmm. Just somehow made it. Don't know how. <laughs> but the guy's just a freak. That's yeah. just what this guy reminds me of, if I'm going to keep it a buck. Yeah. So, I say all that to say, though, like, I think that he has all the athleticism to be, honestly, I don't know if he can walk in and be the one on that team, but I definitely think that he can work his way up to be the two and at least get in some work, you know, next to Thieland. 
And, you know, if you can get him in the lab with Thielen and you can work on that footwork, work on some of those routes, I think that it would make him a cleaner receiver. And I feel like it would probably make him a little bit more, you know, like I feel like when he's out there, all he does is run flies. Dude, I was going to say that. So, like, I feel like if you can get him to run at least, like, a really good hitch or something, you know, just something to at least get those defenders to at least, you know, respect him. I feel like DJ Chark could be damn near, like, a good two or three. And with that, for your fantasy value, what do you have as ADP? Uh, It's pretty, pretty low. So, Uh, like, if you're getting this guy in, like, the 15th, 16th, like, this guy, I feel like, could get you some sort of value. I feel like he could be a sleeper. So, DJ Chark is a deep threat. And I think that he actually has the potential to go ahead and explode in this offense, being kind of like the play-action hot read. Right. Number four in target death last year. Um, averaged about 15.4 uh, yards per target. Number seven amongst wide receivers in yards per reception. Averaging 16 yards per reception uh, with the Lions last year. Ooh. He's going to be your burner. And I think with a Bryce Young, a team that's going to run the ball heavy, they're going to, you know, sucker the defense and the flood in the box. Uh, If DJ Chark can, you know, go over the top, he can make big plays happen, and he can ultimately be a nice boomer bust guy for you. Yeah, if he can make a good double move, I mean, he can get you some good touchdowns. So, I guess, end of the day, I mean, I feel like this isn't a great, you know, I don't know if this is awesome to suggest, but end of the day, if you're drafting, you have the opportunity to get someone like Jaden Reed, or DJ Chark, who are you going with? Um, Jaden Reed of the Packers, if you don't know, folks. Yeah, that's tough. I'd, I'd probably go Chark, one, because I'm a Packer fan, and I know that, I mean, Watson had a pretty damn good year last year, but typically Packer receivers drafted in the first couple of rounds don't have the best rookie seasons. I guess I don't know exactly what I'm getting out of love, but everything tells me that Bryce Young is supposed to be a better quarterback than what Jordan Love is. Uh, so give me DJ Chark in that situation but okay. for dynasty i mean you know give me Jaden reed all day okay that's fair that's fair yep uh we got adam thielen uh how you feeling about thielen is he someone that's even draftable for you you got adp for me uh right now he's definitely draftable folks don't get me wrong but what's his adp right now adam thielen is going off the board and he's being drafted as the 128th player so he's okay. basically going in like the 13th round for you if you play in a 10 team league yeah i like that yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that he's gonna be pretty much Mr. Steady there for that Panthers uh Steady for the Panthers crew. So like we said earlier, folks, like this is gonna be one of those value picks. Like if you're able to swoop and when I say swoop He means swoop. Yo, like Thielen throughout the years, like I don't know if he's really necessarily taken a step back. So I feel like this guy is gonna go in the Panthers and I think he's gonna be a little hungry. Like I hope it's not like what happened with like Jordy Nelson. Like I feel like he went to the Raiders and kind of just fell off. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean he's at the end of his career. Like, but I mean, like Thielen, he's very, he's very, very, you know, like firm on this is not the end for me. And he signed a good deal. He like, signed he, like a two or three year contract. I'm he got sure. like ten mil a year still. Yeah, as a fucking wide receiver in this market at that age. So, I mean, like, I feel like the guy knows his worth, and that's, you know, he went out and he got it. And so, I feel like if you're paying a guy 10 mil a year, you got to utilize him. I like him as, like, the possession guy. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that this guy could definitely land, like, within that top 40 for you with as far as wide receivers. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're drafting him in the 14th fucking round, mm-hmm. guys, go out and get him. Yep. Go get this guy in the 13th. 
12th if you have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have to go up and like actually snatch this guy, I think that this guy's going to, like I said, best value probably in this draft, in my opinion. Interesting stat on Thielen is he was third amongst wide receivers in total route wins, meaning that he was the third best receiver regardless of playing man or zone coverage. He beat it. I can't believe that it all took for Adam Thielen for me to like him was for him to get off the Vikings. Yep. Unreal. Second best in the league against man coverage as well. Yep. So he's somebody who still has a little bit of juice left in the tank. Uh, He was fifth last year in red zone targets, so I could definitely see him being a red zone target along with the Jonathan Mingo. Um, Of Terrace Marshall, DJ Chark, and Adam Thielen, who do you think is most likely to lose their job to a Jonathan Mingo? Uh, I'd probably say Chark. Just because, I mean, he's one of those guys that, I mean, like, you can say what you want. Like, the organization did bring him in, but, you know, Terrence Marshall was a second-round pick, all right? Different regime. Different regime, but he was second-round pick. Last year, he did show a lot of, not necessarily a lot of growth, but he did uh, show a lot of, at least, like, vertical threat ability. I believe, like, his average target was around 17.7 yards. If I'm not wrong, uh, but nonetheless, like I just feel like Terrence Marshall could be that guy. I don't know. Like I feel like he has all the ability, especially he was a part of that LSU crew when we're talking about Jay Jetta, Jamar Chase, and Terrence Marshall. I feel like this guy is pretty much primed for a third-year breakout. That's where I'm standing with this guy. I think that he has no way that he's losing his job if anyone is DJ Chark. I'm going to go ahead and oppose you, and I'm going to say it is going to be Terrace Marshall. Um, and the reason I say that is, as you guys know, I'm Mr. Pulls Up Random Advanced Metrics during the podcast. Yeah, you can let, you can make stats say what you want, bro. You can. You so, can. Go ahead. here's what I found with him. He was number one amongst all wide receivers in catchable target rate. Uh, he was number one in target accuracy. That basically just says that all of his targets were elite. He got targets that hit him right in the numbers. And he ended the year, in terms of fantasy points, as the 89th best wide receiver. Okay, what was his catch rate? Uh, He caught 28 catches of 47 targets for 490 yards with one touchdown. So, I mean, he averaged a little less than six fantasy points per game last year. Right. So, I think when you talk about a DJ Chark who's explosive, who's going to be a big field guy or a long field guy, you talk about an Adam Thielen who could be their possession, leader in the receiver room type of deal. I think Jonathan Mingo, who got second-round draft cap as well by the current regime, shit, man, he could come in there and maybe steal this dude's job. So, in my opinion, I think Terrace Marshall's going to be the guy who really has to show something this year or else it might be, you know, it might be sad for him. But one thing about uh, about DJ Chark, too, is that he does have some familiarity with uh, uh, Deuce, Deuce Daly. Daly yeah. Yep, the assistant head coach now for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with that relationship being there, I don't know how much politics might play into it, but Deuce might say, hey, this is my guy. I know what he can do. Draw him up like this and, you know, give him a chance. Yeah, I mean, you definitely could go that way with it, and I respect that 100%. I just feel like at the end of the day, I feel like Terrence Marshall has a little bit more room for error since he's still on a relatively cheap contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, yes, I'll say it again, second-round draft cap. I don't care if it's a new regime or not in this case. Because they do need receivers that are good. So if he can go out there and just at least improve. I think he's the only receiver who is not from this regime. Now to actually sit down and think about it. With Thielen being taken this year. uh, Mingo got drafted this year. And then they brought in DJ Chark as a free agent this year. Yep. 
he's kind of like that outlier guy almost. So, I mean, yeah, he showed a little bit of potential last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does this one. But I don't know. I guess uh, that'll be something that we have to wait and see. But how do you feel about Jonathan Mingo in Dynasty Leagues? In Dynasty, I love him, dog. I feel like this guy, if you give him a year, maybe two, this guy could be in the running for, you know, like one of those top 15 wide receiver spots. We, we called him A.J. Brown. Yeah, bro. Like, I think that this guy is an absolute physical freak. Mm-hmm. And so once he just gets into his rhythm, gets into his spot, I feel like this guy has all the potential, man. Especially, I mean, if Bryce Young does end up being, you know, that guy, yep. you know, I definitely could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Definitely could see that happening. Speaking of that guy, uh, let's go to another team in Tampa Bay. What? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers brought in Mr. Baker Mayfield, and uh, he is now the quarterback of an offense that now has Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, and Mike Evans. The possible quarterback. I mean, they still got Kyle Trask, right? Whole lot of mid. Kyle Trask, I think it was a second-round pick. Whole lot of mid. With that same regime. So if you want to talk about regimes... This guy was a second-round pick with that regime. So, I mean, like, wouldn't you think that they had at least some sort of plan for, you know, Brady's going to leave at some point. We got this buck that we kind of like. You know, he's kind of a hometown kid. He went to University of Florida, you know, and now, you know, it could be his year to shine, you know. Going into his third year, third professional year. Who knows, man? I feel like Kyle Trask, if he gets an opportunity, who knows what happens? I mean, he might be absolutely... I think it's garbage. Schmid, but at the end of the day, dog, like, you gotta give a guy a chance. You gotta at least give him the battle. I mean, you can't just give it to Baker just to give it to Baker. I mean, that's kind of his bullshit because Baker hasn't really shown to be all that lately. I don't know. Like, he was kind of cool that first game with the Rams, but... I mean... Let me ask you this. What's up? Uh, Regardless of whether it's Baker, whether it's Kyle... Do you give Mike Evans a chance to finish as a wide receiver too this year? So I'm talking he finishes within like the top 20 wide receivers. I feel like he's going to be around there for sure. Like he might squeeze out into like the top like 23, 24, maybe 25, maybe 26. Mm-hmm. But he's going to definitely be around that two spot. He's- so I mean, depending on where his ADP is, which do you got that, Ja? He's going off the board right now as actually the 75th player in fantasy football. He's actually going behind Chris Godwin, who's going at 58. So for relative terms, I mean, they're going closer to like that wide receiver 30 ranking. Yeah, I like that Mike Evans stock a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think uh, Chris Godwin's interesting because he's likely to be the PPR machine, while Mike Evans might be that deep threat. Evans is perennially a 1,000-yard receiver. Um, we know that he's played in the league for hella years, and he has finished over a thousand yards in each of his last nine seasons. Shit, making a ten would be historic. Yeah, the guy is Mister Consistent when it comes down to it, man. So, yeah. I do think that Mike Evans is going to go for another G. I think he's going to get it, this and could, I think that you know, I think that that ADP is definitely a little, a little low for him. I think this is going to be the 2019 Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense where. They weren't great. Uh, Jameis Winston threw a lot of turnovers, but that gave them a lot of garbage time stats. Um, I believe in that same year, Chris Godwin went ahead and finished the season uh, as the wide receiver two in 2019 with uh, Jameis Winston. Okay. I think it could be more of the same. Uh, One guy I'm really interested to hear your opinion about is uh, Rashad White running back for the Bucs. Oh, dude. I think that this guy has top like 12 running back written all over him. Really? Okay. Why? 
Well, I feel like if you look at, you know, just his usability last year, there were so many games where he got like seven, 10%, you know, targets and yep. just on the field. So I feel like when you take Lenny out of the equation, it's going to be leaving you with a guy who is hungry for a spot, someone who has proved that he was definitely, 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 definitely useful towards the end of last year. And he, dog, like this guy does everything for the team. Like Dude, he'll, he has really good hands. He has amazing hands. He'll also run through the gaps for you. He has a big body, so he's able to take some physical hits. I, I don't know, dude. I just feel like this guy is going to be one of those cats who, sure, like Chase Edmonds coming in, he's kind of a good receiving back, but Rashad White, I feel like, might be a better receiving back. So, if anything, 100%. it's just going to be spelling him, not taking you know carries away or anything like that, really. Rashad White was second amongst running backs last year in catch rate, uh, catching 86% of his targets. And Rashad White also was uh, 12th amongst running backs in total targets with 58 total targets last season. So he's someone that under Todd Bowles, who is still the head coach for this team, will catch some balls out of the backfield. And in an offense that could, you know, be behind in some games, shit, that's good. I think that there's going to be a lot of swing passes that incorporate Rashad a lot this year. Does Chase Edmonds make you nervous about his uh, Rashad no. White's receptions? No, not really, man. Can you, what's, uh, where's Rashad typically getting drafted at right now? Do you guys ADP for me quick? Yeah, so Rashad White right now is actually going off the board, and he's going off the board right now as the uh, 74th player in fantasy football. Oh, dude, I absolutely love that. Eighth round, basically. In the yeah, give me all that stock. Yeah, I like that too, actually. That's a really good value. That's amazing value, dude. Oh, my God. Who would you rather have between Rashad White and Miles Sanders? That's a good question, man. I mean, so if we're going end of day, what do I think happens? I'm probably going to go with uh, Rashad White. I feel like if I'm able to get some other players, you know, 6th, 7th, and then get Rashad in the 8th, I think I'd probably like that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I like I, Rashad, too. Yeah, I think that their production is going to be around the same. I feel like you're going to see Miles Sanders definitely have a lot more rushing yards. I think he has more touchdowns, too. But I think that Rashad White, I mean, just with his, uh, if you play in a PPR league, I think that he's going to be able to get you a little bit more points than a Miles Sanders. I think Rashad... Uh, is better as a catcher, and he's going to have more receptions than uh, Miles Sanders, kind of like you said. Uh, but I do think Sanders could beat him out in total touchdowns and maybe even rushing yards. I think it's a lot closer than most people would probably get a, give it credit for. Uh, but I kind of like Rashad White a decent amount. And uh, for value, give me Rashad White in the eighth round compared to a Miles Sanders in the sixth. Yeah, I mean, but on the day of the production, I'd probably say Miles Sanders probably has a little bit more. Totally. But I mean, just pure value, yeah. Uh, but regardless, uh, do you have any final thoughts on any of these guys? I want to hear your thoughts on Hayden Hurst, dog. You know, I'm the tight end guy, right? So I feel like Hayden Hurst, he's kind of bounced from organization to organization, starting with the Baltimore Ravens, I believe, being a first round pick. And then after that, he got, or actually, I think he was a first round pick on the Falcons. And then got traded or something like that. He's been bounced around. He was on the Bengals at one point. Yeah. Now we land here today, and he's on the Carolina Panthers, probably going to be their tight end one. Young quarterback, probably a decent, you know, we've been saying, probably going to be running the ball a lot. Do you think that he's going to be a really good play-action threat for these cats, or what What do you think is going to happen with Hayden Hurst this year? Where you got him graded? Um. Well, Hayden Hurst signed a three-year deal with the Panthers back in March. Yeah. Um, so they obviously have plans Real to utilize money. this guy. Real yeah. money. 
Um, last year, he was catching passes from Joe Burrow, so that obviously helped his numbers out a little bit. I think if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a good guy to work like in the middle of the field, intermediate, you know, level of the field. He's a pretty halfway decent blocker. So I think he'll be like a lot of uh, he'll be in a lot of like block and release. Um, He'll be on a lot of block and release routes. So I think he's a guy who could go for maybe 40 to 50 catches next year, uh, maybe in the season with about 400 to 500 ish yards. Uh, His upside would be in touchdowns if he can maybe uh, utilize his size in the red zone. So Hayden Hurst is, you know, 6'4", 245. Yeah, I got him in top 15 tight end for me. So if you're in deeper leagues, I definitely think that this guy is going to be draftable. I think that this guy is going to get you points. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I'm not saying he's going to be a league winner for you, but I think that he might get a little bit more production than what people are anticipating. Yeah, he's going in terms of ADP as the tight end 29 right now. So if he ends up being tight end 15, that's an amazing value for you if you can can secure that. I like him closer to his ADP where he is now. But once again, I think those touchdowns are going to be the make or break number, especially at a position that's pretty shallow, um, that doesn't have a lot of like high volume guys. If he can go out and have a better year in terms of touchdowns this year, I think he can easily crack that top 15. It doesn't take all that much. Facts. Tight end, so. Facts. Um, I guess if that's all we got, we appreciate y'all for tapping in with another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. You know who it is. My name is John. Hey, it's Google. Appreciate y'all. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.